Hebrews chapter 11 is where we'll be tonight. And again, like I said, I, I trust that my simple desire every time that I get here is the opportunity to be able to share together what it is God is doing um, in, 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 in bringing his word to our lives. Uh, he's trying to draw us closer to him, right? That's what we're, that's what we're here for. Um, we're here to be drawn closer to him through his word, um, through his truths. And this week in particular, focusing on by faith, right? Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says that uh, we walk by faith, not by sight. Let's say that one all together. Here we go. Ready? We walk by faith and not by sight, all right? And uh, you guys are getting that here this week. Hopefully, you'll walk away of nothing else with having, uh, getting that verse in your mind, in your heart. Um, but like I said, we, we use that as our, as our theme, and, and this week, we want to just understand a little bit more about what faith is, what faith does, and what should be accomplished in our lives through faith. I tried last night, and I know I was talking with Pastor Jeremy earlier today, last week as well, um, he preached along that lines last Wednesday about faith and, and trying to, to put some definition on something that is of such great magnitude. It, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big issue, per se. It's a big item. It's a big subject, and, and trying to... Uh, not only uh, put some definition to it, but also knowing that in the year 2019, the fact that I don't have um, 27 commercials and a bunch of YouTube little ads popping up every three seconds is a challenge to your generation. Uh, the preaching of God's Word is something that we're not used to doing, just sitting and listening and growing and learning that way. But nonetheless, I think the same Spirit of God is still at work and wanting to do the work, and it can do the work in each one of our lives if we'll just give it the opportunity. And so tonight, that's my desire, just in the moments that we have together, that we would try and learn and grow. Last night, I gave you uh, the ABCs of faith, and I told you that uh, this was uh, kind of our starting point of the ABCs of faith. Anybody remember what the A stand for? stood for? Assurance. Wow, you were listening. Assurance. The Bible tells us in verse number one, now faith is the substance. That word substance is the assurance of things hoped for. So we found there that faith was about the assurance. And I said the letter B was what? Belief. That there were some beliefs that you had. Those hoped for things are a system, a set of beliefs. These are things that God has said that they guide and direct our lives. And so when it comes to faith, there's things we're assured of. There's things we believe in. This is a direction in a wandering world. The assurance is the base. Uh, the belief is the direction. It's the compass that guides us. And then it guides us to what? It guides us to letter C. Anybody remember what letter C was? You, you were lost by that point, right? Yeah, me too. A conviction, right? Letter C was a conviction, and it was a steadiness in a shaky world. It was having that assurance of this set of beliefs that takes us to a steady place, a place that though uh, today it may be popular or not popular, hey, uh, you know, we, we always say, well, um, Christianity, it's attacked more than ever. It's, le it's not as popular. Well, I, I'd say somebody like Kanye West is pretty popular, and he's out there with a new album called Jesus is King. I don't know how much of that is sincere, how much of that is marketing. I hope it's sincere, but nonetheless, I, I say maybe it's popular, but you know what? Tomorrow it may become unpopular again. I don't know, but uh, the fact is, is that even in a changing world, 
The, the truths of God's word don't change. Therefore, we have conviction about them. That means the world can change around us, but it doesn't change us because we have steadiness in a shaky world. That's conviction. Faith, the ABCs of faith. I trust that as you walked away last night that at least a thought was there, at least the idea was there that this is faith. This is faith. Understanding what true faith is. We didn't want to be like that guy in the airplane, right, on his first airplane ride when, when he got off there and he said, I, I didn't sit down all the way. He didn't really get it, right? And sometimes some people in the church, I feel that they don't get it exactly when it comes to this thing of faith. They think they understand it. Um, I've shared this before and I don't know if I, if uh, with this generation or not, but I remember a young lady that was a, um, uh, she was a, a young lady that, that grew up in the kids program coming. We used to have a, a Saturday morning kids club, so we didn't have Wednesday nights. We had it Saturday morning. She grew up with me going to kids club, and then we were early on. How many of you are 15 years old? Let me see how many of you are about 15 years old. I several, about, about your age then, and I remember talking in that parking lot right outside there, except it was an old Caliche parking lot back in that time. It wasn't paved or anything. It was rocky, bumpy. I remember it was even kind of a muddy day that day, and uh, we were talking out there, a group of us, and uh, she was talking about how she was done with church, and she was done with all this Christian stuff, and uh, she just couldn't wait to not have to be forced by her mom to come to church anymore, and she was done with church, and, and I remember this phrase so well, I gave that God thing a try, and it didn't work. Made me think about that because it made me think now that I use that illustration of that uh, uh, passenger on that plane not sitting all the way down. He, he didn't realize what was really at stake, what was really going on. I feel that young lady as well didn't really understand what it meant to be saying, I gave that God thing a try. This is not a God thing. Faith is something that changes everything. You see, when it comes to faith, there is, an, there is a reality that changes. There is an assurance. There is a belief system that comes into your life, into my life, and now it changes everything. It makes a difference. Here in Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to go and we're going to see some things. And I, I believe that maybe in other occasions, I maybe have referenced some of the things I'll talk about tonight. But I, I trust that they'll refresh your mind to say, this is something that is absolutely pivotal for me in the year 2019 to look at and examine in my life. Tonight, I'd like to talk about some more about faith. It changes everything. It changes everything. You see, faith... True faith has as its base an assurance. It leads to a system of belief, a system of worldview, a, a way we see life that all of a sudden now is different because we see life from God's perspective. There's a belief system that is unraveled because of faith in God's word. It's a faith in what God says in his holy word. And then there's convictions that come about because as we know God's word, as we see and we study this book, then all of a sudden now those things become true in our lives they become steadiness in our lives that even as the world changes we don't change because we're steady we're we're grounded on the solid rock of God's truth of God's principles so therefore now God has bring brought us that conviction and that leads us to a very important thing and this is my one thought that I'll unravel here with four different thoughts tonight but my one thought is this true faith leads to obedience say that with me here we go ready True faith, let's repeat after me. How about let's do that? True faith, True faith. Leads, leads to obedience. If you walk away with nothing else tonight, I want you to remember that. True faith leads to 
to obedience. I referenced earlier uh, Kanye West. There's a, um, in, among my Facebook groups, I, and I know you guys don't do none of that old fogey stuff on Facebook, but for us old fogies, Facebook is still a social media that we use. And on, on my, I'm on a member of many of these different uh, groups that uh, have a lot of ministry people. And among there, um, there is a, a lot of discussion right now about who I referenced earlier, Kanye West, and did he really get saved, and is this CD a good thing, or this recording, his new release, is it good? The fact that in Times Square, there's a big billboard that says, Jesus is King. The fact that across the Coliseum in Los Angeles, there's a big banner that's the size of our church that says, Jesus is King, obviously promoting his new album, but nonetheless referencing and saying, Jesus is King, and is he... Authentic or not, and there's arguments on this side, and there's arguments on that side. One of the things that I would chime in if I wanted to jump in on that, I'm just an observer. I sit there and observe things, and I'm like, oh, interesting. Um, uh, most of you, I look at your, no, I'm just kidding. I, I don't, I don't stalk anybody. But, uh, but I look and I say, you know, one thing that I know is this. I know that true faith leads to obedience. And one of the things that I will take careful note of in the months coming forward uh, whether it be Kanye West or whether it be uh, anybody else, Adam Smith or whoever it is, uh, what I will be looking for is that true faith leads to obedience. And I think the thing that I need to look in Mr. John's life and the thing you need to look at in your life is to say that exact reality. True faith leads to obedience. And as we look at this element of faith tonight, as we look as, at faith, it changes everything we have the ABCs that laid the groundwork for us. And now we're going to see faith in action. You know, our theme is by faith, by faith. So we understand and we tried our best to define what faith is. It's an assurance. It's a belief. It's a conviction. Now I want to talk a little bit about what faith does. And, and obviously there is a volumes and volumes. Pretty much this entire book could be said that it references what faith does. So we're just going to take a really small portion of it. In fact, we're going to take a small portion of a small portion of it here in Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm not going to read all the verses that we'll reference tonight, but I do want to read the first three verses, the next three verses, excuse me, that follow. You know what? Let's start from verse number one, and we'll go to verse number six. That way we'll get a little bit of last night's background, and then we'll pray, ask for God's help, and then I got you for about 13 more minutes, and we'll cut you guys loose, all right? So by faith, Abel off, excuse me, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders, the people of old, obtained a good report, a commendation. They were commended. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed. By the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which do not appear. Again, faith gives us a framework. It gives us a belief system. It gives us a perspective. Everybody starts with faith in something. We're just declaring here that the faith is in God, in the creator of the universe. Verse number four, by faith. And here we begin with the examples, with what faith does. And like I said, I'll read just a little bit and then we'll come back to it. By faith. Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him, for before his translation he had this testimony, that he pleased God. But without faith, 
It is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Interesting here, uh, we start from the very beginning. And it's interesting because I, I find this very interesting because I believe that the Bible doesn't begin with Adam and Eve. And I believe, I, I believe this is the reason, if you'll take careful note here of this reality, the reason is, is because what did Adam and Eve get to do that Cain and Abel did not get to do? Anybody know? They walk with God. You got it right. They walk with God. They were able to visibly see God. They were able to see God in a, in, in a, in a human way. Their eyes actually saw God. Because they were glorified in perfection, they were able to see God in a very unique way. But from their sin forward, therefore their children did not come before that sin, but from their sin forward, then every human being different, had a different relationship with God. Faith came into play in a different way. Therefore, as it begins to tell the tale of the works of faith throughout history, it doesn't begin with Adam and Eve. It begins with the first person that didn't get to see God and walk with God in a literal way, the way Adam and Eve did. And it begins with the first person who took that first step. And so I want to talk a little bit about him and a few other people. We'll look at four principles tonight, and we'll cut you guys loose. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you, Father, for the privilege it is to be in your house tonight. I pray that you would guide my thoughts and guide each listener, Father. You know you have a purpose and a plan. Nobody here is here by accident tonight. There's a reason why you brought them. I pray that your will would be accomplished in their life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Man, as you look at these people's lives, it's fascinating. So much there. Abel, Abel, the second son of the first two people to ever exist, the, the second son of, of the first family to ever exist, the, the, the second son of that perfect family because they were there and they were able to walk with God and there was nobody else that could influence them to do evil, yet evil came into their hearts. And yet from the first two sons, there were already two choices being made. I believe that this in and of itself is a story on faith. You see, because faith is an individual choice. Um, uh, uh, because their last name is Kovos and their parents sit there normally on a Sunday morning, um, that doesn't make their parents' faith their faith. Faith is an individual choice. You see, though we're blood-related or though we're familiar or though somebody in, our, uh, in our, our, our parents or grandparents may have faith, faith is an individual choice. It's not passed on through bloodline. It's not passed on like a last name. Faith is an individual choice, and we see that even in Scripture itself. It, faith is not a result of having the perfect parents or the perfect home situation or having uh, this type or that type of scenario that was just right to make faith be a strong faith. Faith is a personal choice. Tonight, there's in front of me some people that have great parents and there's some people that have no parents. There's some people who have godly parents and there's some people that have ungodly parents. There's some people that have a perfect scenario at home and some people that have a completely imperfect scenario at home. That does not matter to faith. Faith is an individual choice and we see that here in the story that it begins with. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, his brother. Same parents. Same Sunday school class, same youth group. They went to uh, Kids for Truth together, 
or what was it, Kids for Christ? What are, I'm sorry, guys. I've been through a lot of kids' programs. Kids for Christ, right? That's what it is now? All right, Kids for Christ. Thank you, Brian. Uh, kids for Christ. Uh, they went to the same Kids for Christ program together. They went to the same Camp Loma de Vida together. They were there. They had the same Christian school teachers. They had the same experience. And yet there was a choice. And here's what I want you to understand. Here's what I want you to understand. Look at what it says. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. I said that faith always leads to what? Oh, I lost you guys already. Faith always leads to what? Obedience. When we study what faith does, we will find that faith always leads to obedience. When we look at the first example, we see here that Abel obeyed, first of all, God's principles. Look at me. Here it is. Number one, God's principles. Say it with me. God's principles. He obeyed God's principles. When it came time to do what God said, it says that by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained the witness that he was righteous. Why was he righteous? Because God said, this is the way that you're going to sacrifice to me. From the very beginning, after Adam and Eve sinned, God said, the only way that you're going to come to me is through the blood lamb sacrifice, and only through that sacrifice is the sacrifice that I will accept. This is God's principles. This is God's principles. This is how I established it. And Cain said, yeah, but that's not what I want to do. And God said, yeah, but faith always leads to obedience. Do you have faith in me? Do you have faith in who I am? And Cain said, I want you to accept this sacrifice. And Abel said, this is the principle that God left. This is the principle I'm going to live by, and this is the principle I'm going to follow, and that's what he did. And verse number four says that by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, by it being he being dead, yet speaketh. This evening, young person, faith is an individual choice. And here's the choice that you have to obey in believing God's principles. To obey in believing and having faith in God's principles. Guys, you live in a world that is attacking continually God's principles. Why? Because God's principle says don't have sex until you're married to the person that you will spend the rest of your living life and their living life together with. But God's principles are attacked in today's world because they say you've got to try sex with as many people as possible in order to find the right one. You see, God's principles, it says, you know what, if you are to honor me and you honor me, then I will take you in your life to the most amazing places that you could go with your life. But this generation says, oh, you've got to do the work. If it means skipping church, if it means skipping out on learning and growing in God's truth, oh, well, you've got to get ahead in life. And the only way you're going to get ahead academically, the only way you're going to get ahead in your sports career, the only way that you're going to get ahead in this and that is doing things your way. And God says, wait. Faith says that I'm going to follow God's principles. God's principles over personal, personal views. 
You see, uh, uh, Cain, he had a personal view. Cain said, look, this is what I do really well. I do, I'm a farmer, and I farm, and I do these things, and we don't have time to look in Genesis, but if you had time, you'd study the lesson, and you'd study the story and, and, and the history of in Genesis. You'll see that Cain, he came, and he brought of his harvest of his field, and he said, God, here is what I did. Look at this amazing farming techniques that I have. Look what I can do. And God says, that's not the principles that I laid out. And the same is true tonight, that if we're going to be people of faith, faith leads to obedience and obedience in God's principles. Number one, God's what? Number one, God's what? Principles. Secondly, I want you to go on there to verse number seven. It says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of the things not seen as yet, moved with, with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. I want you to notice something. Faith takes us to obedience in God's process. God, God's process. Number two, God's process. Faith takes us to obedience in God's principles. God, faith takes us in obedience to God's process. And, and I want you to notice this because it was in opposition to man's perspective. You see, man's perspective, um, it said, man, what is this stuff that you're talking about, the earth flooding? What is this stuff about water falling from the sky? Because up to that point, it had never happened. Up to that point, uh, every single night, there was the right climate for the perfect amount of dew to fall to the ground, and it would nurture the plants and the trees and the grass, and it would perfectly grow everything that was there. And there was no thunderstorms and no rain falling from the sky. It was a completely different world at that time, pre-the flood. And yet, God said, this is the process that I want you to submit to, Noah. Here's what needs to happen. You need to build an ark, and, and you need to tell and preach for as many people as possible to believe in the fact that because of their sin, they will be destroyed unless they go into that ark, unless they go through that door, and unless they put their faith and trust in that ark, then, then you will, they will be destroyed. They will need to foot, submit to that process. And Noah and his wife and his three sons and their three wives were the only eight people left at the end of that time because they submitted to God's process and they went through the door and they were saved. And can I tell you tonight that faith leads us to obedience in God's process where in the time of Noah, it was leading through an actual literal big huge door in a big old awkward looking boat that was the first of its kind ever created according to the specs of God. The same is true of you and I tonight in the year 2019 that the door that leads to us to that awkward looking ark is a door that was carved on a cross 2,000 years ago and it leads us to a safe place that is the ark of knowing and being part of God. God's eternal family and when we put our faith and trust in him we enter through that door and one day when the flood comes that will destroy this earth one day by fire and no longer by water we will be saved because we submitted in obedience by faith to God's process God's process says your faith doesn't save you by coming to church 
Your faith doesn't save you by giving money to the church. Your faith doesn't save you by following what mom and dad are doing and, and by coming to, to them with them to church or by having a Bible next to your nightstand at night. No, you are saved by putting your faith and trust in the only Son of God, the only one that was willing to come and to die on this earth and the only one that could take your sin and my sin and nail it to a cross 2,000 years ago and there pay the price for your sin and my sin and the process that we have today it's spelled out in in Romans it's spelled out in John it's told to us throughout God's word that we must place our faith and trust in him leaving all others aside I told you that faith is forsaking all I trust in him that acronym forsaking all I trust in him F-A-I-T-H forsaking all I trust in him and that is what faith is about tonight it is an obedience to God's process. I ask you tonight to consider. I ask you tonight to pause for a second and to say, hey, is, is, am I submitting to that process? Have I submitted to that process? Is there a moment in time in my life when I place my faith and trust in Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior and I believed and I submitted much like Noah to that process of saying this is what God has said. I'm going to go into the ark and I want to be saved from the wrath of God that is to come. It says there in the Bible that prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world And became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Tonight young person there's a world that's condemned. And you are either part of that condemnation. Or you are submitting to God's process. And being rescued in the ark of God's provision tonight. God's principles. God's process. Faith. Submitting in obedience to God's principles, God's process. But let's go on in verse number 13 there of Hebrews chapter 11. It says these all died in faith. We don't have time to go through each one of them. But speaking of Abraham, speaking of Isaac, speaking of Jacob, speaking of Sarah. Verse number 13 says these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Faith leads us to obedience in God's principles and in God's process, but also in God's promises. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. You see, uh, there were parts of God's unfolding plan. And Isaac, excuse me, and Abraham, when he... um, when he was there and, and he believed God, uh, the Bible tells us that it was counted to him as righteousness. He was willing to say, uh, God, I believe in your promise of that one day that eternal lamb will come. And today I will sacrifice this lamb. And then God said, that's awesome. That's great. How about now I need you to sac- sacrifice your son. And he traveled for three days up a mountain and he took his only son, Isaac, and he was willing in obedience to God to say, God, I know that, that you are God that will fulfill all your promises in fact as an old man I didn't think I was going to have kids but I believed you and I trusted in you and here at 90 plus years of age my wife and I we have a son and if you're asking for him I'm going to believe that your promise is that you're going to give me uh, as many as there are stars as many as there is sand in the in the in the ocean that's how many children descendants that you're going to give me and I'm going to believe your promises and he followed through in obedience to God And God stopped that knife just before it was going to enter his son. And the Bible tells us that he believed that even if his son would have died, 
that God had the, the, the power to be able to resurrect his son. He believed in the promises of God. That's faith. That's faith. Tonight, young person, you live in a world that wants to take shortcuts, a world that says, yeah, I'll go to church on Sunday, but Monday through Friday, let me live my life however I want, however means I have, whatever means I have to do to get to the ends that I want, I'll do it. If it means I have to act like this, if it means, uh, uh, Pastor John, you don't understand, I want friends, and if I don't do this, I'm not going to have friends, I'm not going to be cool. Can I tell you something? God will give you great friends. God will make you cooler than you'll ever believe or any, any, any way that you can think. If you You'll just believe God's promises. And you know what? That is exactly what happened here in Hebrews chapter 11. These were able to see. Some of them, they didn't see them in a way that you and I see them. You see, they were waiting for that provision of that eternal lamb that one day would come. They saw it afar off. There was going to come a day through the lineage of Abraham. And if you go back to if you go back to Matthew and you look at the lineage, you'll be able to see that Abraham, through his descendants, all of a sudden there came this one, this special one. That was Jesus, the Messiah, and that was going to become, that was God in the flesh, and it was going to become the Lamb of God. And that promise that was promised to him one day, way thousands of years before, was fulfilled. And you and I, we're blessed. We're able to see that. We were able to see the history of that. We're able to study that now. We are able to see it, but they didn't see it but afar off, but they believed in God's promises. And because they believed God's promises, they declared themselves that they were not going to fall prey to the pleasure trap. And can I tell you tonight, that's so important. Because they neglected pleasures, preferring rather to follow the promises of God. In fact, later on, we find that in, in particular when it comes to Joseph. And we find that reality spelled out to us in, in regards to faith. Faith chooses God's promises over earthly pleasure. And I tell you that we live in a world in a generation that desperately needs to hear that message. Because you know what? This world, it entices us to look at these things through the McDonald's lens. You know what the McDonald's lens is? Is that I want what I want, the way I want, when I want, like right now. And you make the order and 20 seconds later you're at the window and you hope that little brown paper bag is right there with everything exactly the way you ordered it. Extra pickles, no onions. And that's the way we want Christianity to be. It's not the way it is. We submit to the way God says, and we follow God's promises, and we wait on God, and we see, and we choose that not our way, not the way we want it, when we want it, how we want it, but according to God's process, according to God's principles, and according to God's promises, we're going to live in today in light of God's promises of tomorrow. That's why he says when it comes to faith, seeing the unseen, seeing the invisible, believing the impossible, that's why when it comes to faith, the those things have to become a reality to you. And you know what? Right now that you're 13, right now that you're 15, right now that you're 18, 19, it needs to become a reality to you because that's the only way that you're going to please God is through faith. Obedience. Faith always leads to obedience in God's principles. Obedience to God's process. Obedience to God's promises. But not only that, obedience to God purpose look at what it says in verse number 17 by faith abraham when he was tried offered up isaac and and that he received the promises offered up of his only begotten son 
of whom it is, was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. This is so important. He believed that God's purpose was going to be accomplished, that God's purpose was going to be accomplished, not his pursuits, but God's purpose. Can I tell you tonight, young man, young lady, you have goals in your life. You have thoughts in your life. Maybe it's to be the most famous YouTuber. Maybe it's to be a great Instagrammer. I don't know what your goals are. I, I, this generation, I, I, I'm just amazed at what their goals are. Sometimes they have no goals. But nonetheless, uh, you may look at it and you may say, these pursuits are what's going to make me happy. These pursuits are what's going to make me rich. These pursuits are what's going to make me popular. But can I tell you something tonight that we need to put aside our pursuits in regard to God's purposes. You see, Abraham, he wanted to see his descendants multiply. And he thought when God gave him that promise as a young man, he thought, man, I'm going to have 30, 40 kids and I'm going to have 190 grandkids and I'm going to have 2,000 great grandkids and this is how it's going to happen. This is my pursuit to see a lineage and to see a great people of God develop from my family line. And he got old and he had no kids. And he got into trouble because he decided to put his pursuits ahead of God's purposes. And him and his wife schemed together. By the way, sin is not anything new, guys. Just to make sure you, I, I know that maybe some of you don't read your Bible quite as much. But if you were to read your Bible, you would find out some amazing things. Some of the most thrilling modern shows are probably based a lot on Bible episodes, Bible stories. So... Abraham and his wife said, you know what? Our maid is right there. She, she can give you a, a son. Well, why don't you go sleep with her and, 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 and get her pregnant and she'll have a son and it'll be your son. And that way God's, God's plan for your life will be developed through your pursuits. And you know what? To this day, it's one of the biggest tragedies that happened in human history. It's one of the biggest problems that takes place and that has taken place in our world. It's because Abraham at that moment put his pursuits ahead of God's purposes. And he didn't wait. And can I tell you this tonight, young person, many of you are in the same boat. God has a great plan for your life. And God has great desire to see and to fulfill your, his plan for your life. But you're trying to get your pursuits ahead of God's purposes. And you're trying to get ahead. And you're trying to do things your way. And you want to do it under your plan. And tonight I'm telling you that if you truly are going to walk in faith, you're going to say, I'm going to choose obedience, submitting to obedience rather than my own pursuits but to God's purposes. And tonight we see that that's exactly what Abraham did. He was tried. He offered up Isaac. He said, you know what? If this is what God wants to do, then this is what God wants to do. In a previous, what interesting scenario, because this is the story of grace, that God took his wrong pursuits, and when he came back to God, and he said, God, I'm sorry, I can't believe I did this. And God said, okay, we're going to make this right. I, 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 what I was ultimately going to do, I'm going to do. I'm going to give you and Sarah a baby. And Abraham said, wait, wait we're, we're 90 years old. We're, I need a cane and a, and a wheelchair. What are you talking about? And God said, I'm going to accomplish my purpose in your life. You came back to me, and I'm going to accomplish my purpose in your life. 
But how much more better the story would have been if he would not have followed his pursuits initially. But you know what? That's the story of grace because you, like me, we've probably messed up here recently. And tonight, like Abraham, we've probably messed up in one way or another. And maybe it was on your phone. Maybe it was on your computer. Maybe it was with your friend on Friday night. Maybe it was something else. But maybe you messed up somehow, some way. But I'm telling you tonight, the, the story that we find in the Bible is that the story of faith is also a story of grace and God's grace and God's mercy. And tonight, he comes to you and he tells you, you know what? You followed your pursuits long enough and you messed up long enough. But come back to me because I'm going to accomplish my purpose in you if you'll just come back to me and that's what Abraham did and God was able to unravel a wonderful plan of which we're reading about thousands of years later and of which an entire uh, people of God have been blessed because they were descendants of Abraham and continue to be and you and I have a purpose that God has for our lives and we've got to be willing to give up our pursuits and to say God I, I, I got to stop doing that I need to confess my sin. In the modern day, the Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And tonight, that's, that's what it's all about. It's about saying to God, God, I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose obedience. I'm going to choose faith. Faith leads to obedience. Faith always leads to obedience. True, real faith what did I, why did I say what, do I, what I said about Kanye at the beginning? Because that is what I see in Scripture. Faith leads to obedience. Jesus is king whether Kanye swings about it or not. Jesus is king whether or not Hollywood accepts it or not. Jesus is king whether America believes it or not. Jesus is king because that's what the holy and true book says. And because it says it, it is true and it's 100% true. And tonight you and I have a choice to make, much like all of these people in Hebrews had a choice to make. Will they follow through in their faith and make it a believing faith, a, a, a faith that leads to obedience in God's principles? A faith that leads to obedience in God's process. A faith that leads to obedience in God's promises. A, a faith that leads to obedience in God's purpose. I trust that tonight you'll be challenged by those realities. Let's pray.